In all my 20 years of working with fashion brands, creative agencies, retail stores, and working on some of the most prominent collaborations of all time, you know what the most stressful thing I've ever done is? Trying to start a podcast. No, seriously, trying to get a podcast off the ground is like advanced mathematics. It's a tangled web of codes, confusing links, and algorithms. That is until the day I discovered Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. A, it is free. B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your smartphone or computer. C, Anchor will take care of distributing your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else people listen to shows. And last but not least, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Thank you, Anchor. No, really, thank you. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Beast Radio. I'm Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. In the art world, it's actually really hard to stand out from the crowd and create something totally new. Open Instagram, and you might see a lot of OGs who have paid their dues finally getting their shine. And you'll see some new thing creep up in some random corner of the social media universe, but then disappear just as quickly as they came in. But every once in a while, a new artistic expression pops up and catches the attention of everyone. Visualize, if you will, an all-white backdrop with simple black accents, and it's as if you're looking at a hand-drawn version of a real-life object sitting in front of you. Somehow, you know it's three-dimensional, yet it looks two-dimensional. It could be an Air Force One, it could be a traffic cone, or a porta potty or a barbecue grill, or a full-on bedroom, or maybe even an airplane. And if you follow the world of streetwear, street art, sneakers, and hype culture, you probably already know the visual language that I'm talking about. Today's Business of Hype guest caught my attention a couple of years ago because even though the work seemed like very simple pieces, they spoke loudly to me. The mastermind behind this shares his story on how someone who's probably done everything under the sun can find himself stuck between a rock and a hard place with absolutely nothing to lose and yet pivot into becoming an extremely successful artist. Today, the one and only Joshua Videz joins us on The Business of Hype. Coming in all the way from Los Angeles, California, who do we have in the NYC Business of Hype studio? My name is Joshua Videz. I'm, uh, I'm 30 years old. I'm a dad and I'm a husband, graphic designer and artist. All right. Yep. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've known you for a long time. We've known of each other for a very, very long time. Yes. We've traveled in a lot of the same circles for yeah. many, many years now. How long would you say? 
maybe like five to seven. Yeah. And this shit, maybe earlier, just like maybe. me rolling with the hundreds or something, and right. like bumping into each other or something. Yeah, yeah. at trade shows and yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, you've you've seen a lot. You've been through a lot. Even though you're relatively young, you're thirty. Yeah, you've had a lot of chapters in your life already. For sure. And I think you know that's that's one of the interesting things about having you on the show is that you've lived many career paths and lives that I think a lot of listeners are debating whether they should get into. For sure. And you having tasted all of them. It's a good person to talk to because you like you know the pros and cons of yeah, each one. Definitely, yeah. Um, I am going to throw you under the bus for one second. Yeah, of course. You're the only guest that overslept on me on an appointment <laughs> in Mexico City. We were supposed to do this in Mexico City. Yep. I had the whole room booked, set up for you, dude. I feel so bad. It and was, he oh hits me God. up. Uh, I just woke up, dude. Well, the worst part was like I went. Okay. I went here's, to bed. here's your chance to do the excuse. Go ahead. Tell yeah, me the excuse. I went to bed and everything was cool and I was like ready to go. And like for whatever reason, I don't know if it was a cable or something, but my phone just died. It wasn't charging. And I woke up like the second I hit you. So there was like a lot. So your I, dude, phone I had, died overnight. I had, so I had like four alarms or something. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I like I wake up and I'm like something doesn't feel right. Like like you know, you know when I you like, feel like I got too much sleep. I yeah, just <laughs> exactly. And I woke up and like I have kids, so usually I'm up at like six, like uh-huh. every day. Yeah. And I just knew something was off. Mm-hmm. And um, I like reached over and I was like, yeah. no, what? Like no. And then like I'm like plugging it in and like <laughs> you whatever. Had to, you had to wait to yeah, plug it I'm, in. I'm to, like, sitting there and I'm like fucking like I'm putting on my clothes because I was like, can I pull it off? I don't even know what time it is yet because yeah. there's no clocks. Uh-huh. And then like my phone turns on and it's like 9.36 and we're supposed to like at 9.30. Yeah. And I was like, I'm fucked. Like, <laughs> and then I had a flight at like 11 or something, you know. Right. It was terrible. My so bad. Okay, so we're blaming the Mexico City <laughs> electrical infrastructure. <laughs> I guess. But that shit suck. <laughs> All good. We, we made it happen here in New York. Um, all right, so Take us through, if you can, all the different phases in your life. I mean, you worked within a streetwear brand, yeah. right? So, I mean, what really happened was I started the brand before that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I started the brand in 2009, which is called Classic. Mm-hmm. CLSC. Yeah, me, yep. a bunch of guys from, um, at the time I was living in a city called Ranch Cucamonga. And we were all just like working at the mall and like we we're all homies and we all like wore the hundreds and staple and shit, mm-hmm. you know. And so we started Classic and then... Um, we did that for a few seasons and then I was super on Bobby's post at the time and he his, posted his blog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he posted, Hey, we just bought our screen printer. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh shit. And he was like basically inviting other people to go through them to get their shit printed. Mm-hmm. At the time we had a printer, but I was like, yo, this is a huge door we can take advantage of potentially, you know? And so, um, we went to Rosewood, their store on, in LA, and we were just talking to the guys. And we're like, yo, can you put us in contact with like whoever? And they're like, yeah, it's Ben's brother, John, that mm-hmm. owns Mixed Media. Called them the next day and they started printing our shit. And just a couple months later, uh, John called me and he was like, yo, do you want to, you know, come work here? And I was like, yeah, I dropped my shit and started the next day. <laughs> yeah. John, why did he just offer you a job? I mean, for sure, I was asking, you know, yeah. over and over. Even at, at Rosewood, I'm like, yo, I'll clean the bathroom. Like, I was just trying to get in, uh-huh. you know. And uh, for sure, you know, we'd go up there and then we got cool with John and uh, old man Nick, who still works there. Shout out to Nick. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were cool. We were doing business together. They're printing our shirts and they were laughing at us because, like, this is how the 100 started, you know. <laughs> and then just, you know, one day he was just like, yo, do you really, he calls me, he's like, do you really want to work here? He's mm-hmm. like, do you live in Ranch Cucamonga right now? Like, are you going to, what are you going to do? And I was what like. What is that commute? My brother lived in LA at the time. I was like. Oh, Rancho Cucamonga is not even LA? No, dude, it's like an hour east. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the burbs. <laughs> okay. I'm out there. <laughs> um, 
And he was just like, if you're serious, uh-huh. like be here tomorrow, eight in the morning, $7 an hour, whatever. And I was like, cool. Went home and I had a Civic at the time and I fucking <laughs> packed that shit out. I'm like driving to LA and I called my brother. I'm like, can I sleep on your couch for a couple of weeks? Yeah, I don't fucking know. Goes, and he yeah. was just like, dude, I have a one bedroom. Like, uh-huh. sure. And so I probably slept on his floor for like six months and then yeah. I got my own crib. Nice. Uh, did working at... So you worked at Mixed Media, technically? Yeah, Mixed Media. The, the, the which is the silk screen print shop that the hundreds yes, own. exactly. Okay. So did you ever work for the hundreds, the company? Uh, later on, um, I came back as West Coast Sales, um, like maybe three, four years later. Okay. Yeah. Did working at the hundreds slash Mixed Media help with Classic? For sure. How yeah. So? I mean, one was, you know, just the people, at, like the warehouse guys, you know, Lil Mike and like Tito would be like, yo, like. What's that? Why don't I have anything kind of joking? Mm-hmm. And then I just brought a box one day of just like mad larges and mediums and stuff, you know, and like everybody supported it just because yeah. like I was the van driver, you know, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, he's got a little brand, whatever, yeah. you know. And then it got to, you know, Ben being like, why is everyone fucking wearing classic? Like, why don't I have anything? And then, mm-hmm. you know, Bobby being like, yo, that hoodie's cool. Mm-hmm. And then they started kind of posting me and my old partner Nelson on the blog. Like, yeah next american you know streetwear brand uh-huh. so they started Classic. talking yeah, about yeah. you yeah and the you know the blog was massive at right, the time right yeah so it helped with exposure did it also help for you to understand how to run the business of classic not not yet okay i was learning more but again i was just a van driver so there mm-hmm. would be like i would see some things and figure some things out yeah. you know like but it was through working through everybody is how i like really got that schooling okay mm. you had a partner you said i had a partner it just wasn't working out at the time we had started it and it, maybe we were like three four years in and i was just like dude your mind's somewhere else i need to do this mm-hmm. and i think i had just found out that i was gonna have a kid and so i was like i need to do this how many years ago is this uh, i think he left in 2014 well when was your first kid born 2013 so it was 2013 that's your, you have two, two kids? I have three kids. Three kids. Yeah. Dude, Cash Money, Verona, and November. They're the best. Those are the names? Yeah, yeah. Cash Money. Well, Cassius. Cassius. Uh, Cassius, Verona, and November. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So when you, do you remember when you got the job at Mixed Media, how much sales was Classic doing at the time? <sighs> Nothing. You know, we were printing like 48 shirts. Each style, uh-huh. each color. You Did know? you have, were you e-com? Were you distributing wholesale? We were e-com. We were doing some wholesale, um, you know, three shops. Mm-hmm. And like... Did Reedspace ever carry Classic? Yeah, yeah. We did a okay. collab. Uh, I don't know if you remember. It was um, it was like a long sleeve. I don't know who the buyer was. Oh, the wait. Time, yeah. It was a basketball inspired yeah, yeah, one. Mixed re- yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was that was a good one. That was, a good that one. was really that was a good. One, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, we weren't really... Nah, dude. We we again maybe like, three were you retailers. A hundred k? No way. No. Way. <laughs> oh, when you say nothing, you really dude. Mean we we're nothing. probably making like twenty five thousand a year, maybe <laughs> like thousand a month. Maybe less, dude. It was like it's like a paper wrap. Yeah, we were just like we were just trying to do it, you yeah. know. With like, and at the time, you know, we both had jobs, so we didn't have mad money. Mm-hmm. We were both working at the mall, so mm-hmm. you know, our production runs were like two thousand dollars, and I'd be like, we're broke. Like, yeah, we got to go pay for this. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. But there's something fun about that, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, dude, looking back, it's like, I'm just glad I went for it. You know, that shit's scary as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have any regrets about doing that? Nah, nah, I don't regret anything. Life's a lesson. When did you decide, um, 
or I don't know, I don't even know if it officially is, but when did you decide like, all right, classic is gonna stop? Um, did it? Is it? Is it stopped? No, or is it on pause? No, no. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm gone completely from it. But um, oh, you oh, classic exists without you right now. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know I that. Mean, very very small, like even smaller than back then. Yeah, <laughs> probably to be honest, dude. Okay, um, so talk about that. How did you de- separate yourself from classic? So that was. April 2017 was officially like the day I was like, I'm out, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, a few months before that, I mean, long story short, dude, just retail got super weird in 2017. And, you know, like we had yet to like open up big box business. So we were going super boutique and like doing that route. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we opened up Zoomies with like these high expectations and like it wasn't really checking like that. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing is my team at the time were my best friends, which I recommend nobody does that because basically like the first person, did you ever meet Red, the sales guy? Yeah. Yeah. So Red was like the classic sales guy. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just time for him to go do his own thing. Mm -hmm. And so like once he left and like the next guy left and like, you know, and it's just like, I was like, having to find new people and i was yeah. just like i don't know you know i was like it just doesn't feel the same anymore investors came on after my partner left mm-hmm. and i just kind of went to them and i was just like yo dude i'm not like not having fun anymore like you know like this is cool and like it the check's okay but like i gotta go do something else mm-hmm. and that's when like the kind of idea of helping other people um came about and that's like the hundreds like brought me on as like a special project guy, you know, just like kind of like 1099 on the side. And, uh, we started, I started just helping other people with design and yeah, I, right. it was, it was a really rough transition. Yeah. Cause it's classic was your baby. Yeah, dude, it was everything, yeah. you know? And like, my name was classic Josh right on Instagram, you yeah. know, like my whole life was dedicated. I got tattoos of classic on me, you know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was everything and understanding that I needed to like, leave something behind that yeah. I started was really tough. I was like depressed for like six months. Word. I can yeah. imagine. It was rough. You said investors came on. How did you find those investors? Um, they found me at Agenda. Vi- no, I might have been Magic still. Yeah, no, it was Magic still. And I was at the seventh letter now. So I, I drove the van for the hundreds and then I left to go work at the seventh letter and I was doing everything there. Sales, production, customer service, mm-hmm. shipping orders, everything. It was like a one-man show. <laughs> um, and I was at that booth, and Classic was like kind of doing decent now. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Nelson and, and Bryce at the time, Bryce is the marketing manager at the hundreds now, was on the team too. And they're like going around agenda, like showing the catalog to people like, yo, you're a buyer. Yo, can we show you something real quick? And so I was at the seventh letter booth taking full advantage and like having people come yeah. and I'd be showing them Classic. And uh, Jay Parteau, um, I don't know if you know Jay. He he owned uh, part of Primitive. He owns Forties and Shorties with okay. Jubert and those guys. He came up and he just liked me because I was like a young kid, you know, trying to survive. And he's like, "Yo, these guys are investors. Da da da. They work with Hall of Fame, published. Da da da." I'm okay. like, "Cool, they get it." And uh-huh. right, basically, you know, a few months in, they're just like, "You need money to grow. Mm-hmm. We're gonna help. We're helping all these other guys." And I was just like, "Fuck it." Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, you know, I didn't really have any other options at the time. And in exchange for the money, you give them equity. In the yeah, company. they came on. They got like forty nine percent. I kept fifty one. Okay. Yeah. And in hindsight, was that a good deal? I mean, looking back at it now, that whole that's a whole nother podcast. But um, <laughs> no, it's this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like no, and, I, I you learned know, a lot from yeah. that partnership, man. And you know, uh, I hate to say it, but it's a big reason why the brand went like that, what happened to the brand happened was because those guys got involved and just like you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just two people trying to 
make the same thing happen, but I had like different goals and aspirations that they did and I worked differently, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, they come on, they got a fat chunk and honestly, they just gave us too, not, not, I don't want to say they gave us too much money, but I'll put it to you this way. There was one year and we're sitting down going over all the like, you know, taxis getting ready for the year and they're like, dude, you spent $28,000 on taxis and like Uber <laughs> this year. And I was like, word, I mean, I don't, you know? Like they weren't, they weren't like monitoring or like yeah. telling me to chill or like, dude, it was just like endless cash. And we were like, you know, going to Paris and like doing uh -huh. pop-up shops and like, but the pop-up shops, we weren't like doing the math and mm -hmm. understanding that you we were needed spending to, too much. Yeah. To like make, we'd yeah. make a hundred shirts and we'd go to Taiwan, three of us. And right. it's like, so there was a, it sounds like to me, there was maybe like a lack of control. Of for the, sure. Yeah. But it was also me just like being a hothead and just being like, I want to, you know, I don't uh -huh. need your help. I can do all this by myself. Da, da, da. And they're kind of just like stepped off, you know, mm -hmm. but, and obviously that ended up hurting the business. Yeah. Do they, are they the company that still owns it? To this yeah, day? yeah. They're still running it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So do you remember sitting down with them and saying you're leaving or was it, they sat down with you and said you should leave? Well, by the time this came up like two of the guys were gone so there's only one guy left it was three investors okay. and they were all like differently you know doing Funded, something yeah. yeah so two guys had gone so there's one guy left and uh i remember i was like yo can we link can we link and he just knew what was what was going down you know because also i had started helping complex con and so i was busy as fuck like you were taking on consulting gigs. Yeah, yeah 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 like i was never at the office mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know and um you know you could tell when shit like that happens yeah. you know and so yeah i remember just sitting him down and it's like listen dude like i appreciate everything it's been great but like i got a role and he was just like what are you talking about mm -hmm. like you know he yeah. was like well, like how and i was just like i don't know i just i don't want to do it anymore i'm like you can keep going you know, which also meant you can have my 51% for yeah, nothing. Yeah, nah, I didn't. Like, Damn, you we were didn't. really, really over it. We didn't even have money. Like, it, it, uh, I don't know. We were, we were mad in debt for sure. Uh -huh. I think we were like 200K in debt or something at the time. And I was wow. just like, you know. Do you remember how much sales you had gotten it? Like, what was the max you got it to? Um, Red got us to, <laughs> I mean, he was a guy. He was right. the only sales, sales guy. Yeah. But we were in like 300 stores, no big box. Which is wild, yeah. Worldwide, all independent. Um, I want to say like between one point seven to two was like our peak, mm -hmm. and we we're on fire. I was like, "This is it. <laughs> I could retire." You know, I was like, "This is it. I did it." <laughs> right. Um, that was our highest, but yeah. By the time I left, you know, we were probably back to like seven hundred k or something. Mm -hmm. You know, we dropped for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, it's funny when you just know. It's time to go. Yeah. It was rough though, man. Like, you know, I was like, fortunately I have my wife. So I'd every day I'd be like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, you know, she kind of helped me do that whole thing. It was rough. dude. So when you walked away, not only did you walk away from your equity, but you also walked away from a steady paycheck. Uh, yeah. I mean, like it was decent, you know, but also again, like ComplexCon was paying me a salary. Like mm -hmm. the hundreds had me on a nice little retainer. Mm -hmm. And so even, I, I just knew I was going to be okay, like financially. Yeah. And then we started, uh, me and my partner, Ken, started work well. And that's when we started like saying and telling people like, we can help you with yeah. stuff, you know? And I remember so, that post. Yeah, yeah. That was a big post. Yeah. Like, it, it's weird when someone in streetwear goes down. Yeah. It's like one of the homies like Yo, took a bullet. Sure. Like, yeah. Like recently, Benny Gold was yeah. like, oh, damn, yeah. you know, it's tough. But I remember that post vividly. And then you said you have a new business, which is more like an agency. Yeah, so we tried that out and uh, 
I just, I don't know, a few months in, dude, you know what it's like. Freelance, it's tough, man. And like, Well, on the one hand, not, one business is you're slinging gear yeah. and you're just trying to find yeah. more people to buy your gear. And then mm-hmm. the other one, you're slinging services and you're trying to find clients. And it's yeah. live or die by how many clients you get. Yeah, and it's like, how, how do you figure that shit? You know, people are like, okay, so how much is this? And you're like, fuck, I've never even like... <laughs> Dude, think about that. Uh, ten thousand? They're like, whoa. I'm like, nah. I mean, five. I've like, been one. I don't know. Yeah, I'll take five hundred bucks. You know, um, it was tough, ten thousand or five hundred. Yeah, either whichever you prefer. Yeah. Or exposure. Fuck it. Um, but yeah, uh, that that was that. That just how like, long did that last for? I mean, it's technically still happening, but my partner basically is just like completely took it over just because everything that's going on now. And I mm-hmm. just don't, I can't even think oh. about doing something like that right now. He's still running it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a little piece of it, but, um, you know, I'll throw him obviously with everything going on. I'll be like, oh, Workwell has to do this or this, 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 you right, know, right. Workwell did all the production for ComplexCon, you okay. know, even though that was my job to do. I was like, fuck, I, gotta, yeah. I need help. That's dope. Yeah. That's a smart way to do it, actually. Yeah. Cause then you could do what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. 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 One of the great things about Josh is the fact that he has these chapters in his life that led him to where we're about to get in this podcast, and that's his art. He didn't go into art school, and he didn't necessarily study or shadow other traditional artists. He did something I wish more young people would do, and that's just be someone who tries things out, trips, fails, fucks up, and eventually figures out what works. Josh did sales, production, office management, design, owned a brand, you name it, and he probably did it. It's hard not to be pressured into a single lane career track. Trust me, I get it. We all have to eat. I mean, schools want you to declare majors. Social media is telling us that your peers just landed a great job. And even when you create a profile, you have to choose one profession that describes everything that you want to do. But I'm here to tell you that there is nothing wrong with gaining experience in different places and different fields. It's how you define them, connect them, and write the narrative that ultimately determines what your future should look like. It's important to know that when you have the attitude of wanting to clean bathrooms for the hundreds, it's not that that's all you want to do, but it's a mindset of willing to do anything to get started. When you're in the environment of where you want to be, you learn firsthand what it takes. The tools you learn on the job will eventually allow you to build your own dream. Josh is a true entrepreneur where he soaks things up like a sponge and then goes after it. It doesn't matter if it's something completely foreign to him. He finds the resources to figure out how to do it. All right, so we've we've uh, just to recap of where we're at right now. You've worked in a streetwear brand, worked for a production printer company. You've then you had your own brand, yeah, and then you lost your own brand, yeah, and then you started your own agency, yeah. left your agency, yep. And then what was next? Where were you at now? Did you have a, a moment of clarity where you're like, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah, again, dude, I was bottom of the barrel, like, and I was broke, like. I wasn't in the position that I thought I was going to be at, you know, at like 28. In 28, life. you have three one kids. kid or two? No, that, no, we had two at the two time. Two at the time. Two yeah. kids married, 28, and broke. Yeah, it's, and it's, it sounds terrible, you know, like <laughs> it was rough and um, it was just a whole lot of soul searching, man, and just like, what am I supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, going, thinking back to the basics, like what am I good at? I was supposed to go get a job. I applied for like PacSun and like Adidas and all this shit. Mm-hmm. Like it was a wrap. Yeah. I was like, I was done 
being that guy. Right. Check me into the rat race. Yeah. Like, I, was just just gonna, I honestly to was like, I had already like turned off and, you know, like fortunately in that time frame, I was like, you got one more thing. Just give one more thing a shot one and then call swing. it quits. I okay. mean, you know what it's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we're never really going to stop creating. It's right. impossible. I'm going to be 80 painting, you know, <laughs> trying to design a shoe or right. whatever. And, uh, I remember uh, I, I drew on the shoe and... You drew you drew on a what? An Air Force One? Well, actually, I drew on a Reebok Classic. Okay. And I showed Frank the Butcher it and he was like, what's this? And then... You drew the black, you drew the black lines. Yeah, yeah. On, the, on a white on Classic. A, yeah. And I sent it to him and I was like, yo, what do you think? And he was just so confused. Like, he was like... You sent him the shoe or you sent him the image? An uh, image. But then, like, I also made it like an ad. I, like, wrote Reebok Classic. <laughs> I, I, I can find it. I'll find it after this. I love it. And I sent it to him. And, he, like, dude, you know, we probably saw each other at, like, trade shows and shit or whatever. Like, we were not, like, best friends. Yeah. You know, we talk, obviously. And I just sent it over to him. Uh-huh. And he was like, dope. Like, what is this? You know? And I was like, oh, I just wanted you know, to show you. Right, right. You know? That's the worst when you, like, put in effort. You're like, yo, look. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and? It's like. <laughs> Uh, nothing. I just no, thought but, it would but, be like, funny. The cool part was the next day I say something else. I could like, I could ship it to you. And he's like, wait, what? And then I was like, I don't know. And he's like, oh, it's a shoe. I was like, yeah. He's like, oh my God, you drew that. I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, fuck yeah. Send that up. You uh-huh. know? So the next day was better. Confidence was fucking <laughs> shattered. Um, and then, you know, I'm at home and I'm like, do I post this? And then, you uh-huh. know, just... I don't know, the business side of my mind was like, maybe get a shoe that's more familiar. Okay. You know? That's smart. To hopefully hit, you know? The, the goal, obviously, was to hit. Yeah. And so, yeah, I ran down to the store and grabbed a pair of Air Force Ones. I, just, I was like, everyone has probably had a pair of Air Force It's the Air Force One, you yeah, know? It's a, it's a the classic. Whites. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I do that, and I draw on it, and uh, I post it. And, um, yeah, I was, like, nothing happened the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, few people were like, okay. I think a lot of people were just like, what the fuck is Josh doing? Like, confused. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Like, he's going crazy. I was confused. I was fucking going crazy. Um, <laughs> but that got me here, so thank God, right? Right. Um, but what, what prompted you to even start drawing on shoes? Um, I mean... Were did, you trying to hit something that would go viral, or were you just fucking around? I was just so lost in the sauce that... I, I was just, I've been drawing my whole life. I'm yeah. sure you have too, yeah. you know? Um, and uh, I, th- I, didn't, I didn't obviously expect what has happened to happen, but... Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I thought, it was co- I thought it was cool as fuck, and I thought that it was, like, new and refreshing, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, and, like, we see so much shit all the time, you know? And especially in the sneaker world, it's, uh-huh. like, it's really hard to hit. Yeah. Because it's so completely saturated. saturated. yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean... But wait, I, so just take me back. Did you have the Reebok on and you're just like, I have to do something that's going to be so different? Or were you just like, da-da-da, fucking around, like whatever? Or were you like, let me jo- think of what is going to pop? Well, what before this was um, I actually watched that show, Abstract, on Netflix. Yeah. And I watched the Tinker Hatfield episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there with my wife fucking drinking wine in bed and I'm just like where's all the other sketches? Like, where's all the shit that no one's ever seen? Because mm. he's probably got some hitters, you yeah. know? And she's like, ah, oh, they're probably in a warehouse somewhere in Portland. And I was like, what the fuck? Imagine somebody found those, you know? Mm-hmm. And like my mind started uh, building you know, a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, wait, like everything starts at a sketch. Why aren't we talking about designers more? And then mm-hmm. in my mind, again, I was probably losing my mind at the time. Mm-hmm. And then um, like literally the next morning, I like run at my wife. I'm like, here's the concept. It's 
making everything look like the beginning, taking everything back to the origin. The flat and da, 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 sketch. Da, yeah. yeah. And she's like, what? And then I was like, like this, you know? And I drew and I was like, imagine if I made the shoe look like this. And uh-huh. she was like, oh, that's cool. Uh-huh. And then God went outside, found a pair of Reeboks in my garage, spray painted them white, you know, did yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there was, there was some strategy here. For sure. Wow. That's yeah. dope. And I think also the other key thing is that your art has to exist because of Instagram. 100%. Right? Yeah. Because if you don't have the image first, yeah. the, the joke isn't hitting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's the genius of it, too. Yeah. So you're taking advantage of the way young people communicate as well. Yeah. And it's just so fast. You see it and yeah. you understand, like, you know, is that a draw? You know, right. it like makes you think it's not just another picture of like trees or something, right. you know? All right. Um, so then you do the Air Force One, a little buzz happens. When does the tipping point happen on the Air Force One? Dude, it wasn't until next year. So I posted what? it. I posted it. Nothing happens. You know, I think like Dennis just goes like, sick, you know? Uh-huh. And I'm like, ah, at the time, I'm like, fuck yeah, I got one, you know? Um, and everyone was just like, interesting, you know, whatever. And I remember writing, like, the concept is just, you know, to take everything back to uh, its originality, that it was sketching, you know? But I posted it, nothing happened, but I wasn't done. I was like, this is, I love this, mm-hmm. whatever this is. Yeah. I know there's something there. I feel it, you know okay. what I'm saying? And so, you know, the next day, I like, get a Modernica chair, paint it white, put okay. the lines on show my wife she's like this is fucking crazy and then she's like you got to show your hobbies and so i start texting like red jesse carlos and i'm like okay. look at this and everyone's like whoa like this is cool mm-hmm. like you made this and i'm like yeah and then uh it was low key yeah and um painted a bear brick posted a bear brick it's still up it still only has like a hundred likes or something it's that far back uh-huh. and i remember i posted it and it's still nothing and i was like all right this is this ain't working i gotta go big you know <laughs> oh, um, oh this ain't working i gotta go big not yeah. this ain't working i'm gonna stop nah i just it, i knew there was something there you're so stubborn you know? <laughs> for <amazing>. sure <laughs> um okay what's going big I keep, so I keep painting everything and then I'm like, fuck it. I'm going back to my roots because I, you know, I was painting um, in high school and middle school graffiti. And so I was like, I'm going to go do something outside. Mm -hmm. And my wife was like, all right, just don't get caught, you know? (laughs) And so I go outside and I, I'm like two tall cans deep because I'm an idiot. And like, I go out and I spray paint um, like a barbecue at a park Uh because at Rancho, it's just like, no one's out, you know? Yeah. Do it, take a photo of it. I'm fucking like on crazy adrenaline, freaking out. Haven't done anything like that since, you know, high school. And then I get home and I look at it and I was like, this is it. Like, I got to do shit on the streets. 100%. Explain what you did in the park. It was just, it was like a barbecue. You know, when you go like, oh, yeah, throw yeah, the, the charcoal grill. in, yeah, yeah. whatever. So I painted that. And you everything. painted the grill. Yeah, and the whole thing. Dude, so I'm sitting there like one Illegally. in the morning, like, Illegally. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you do the ground too? No, I okay, stopped just, where the pole hits the ground and, I, wow. and then I drew like a fake like square where whatever it would be standing on. Um, but I go home, I show her. It looks like shit. I'll show you that too. It's terrible. Okay. Um, you posted it. No, I did it. Oh, okay. No, no, no. You just showed your wife. Yeah. And I'm like freaking out and she's like, dude, I haven't seen you like this in years. Mm-hmm. Like hyped. Yeah. And I was like, this is it. I was like, cool. I'm going to go paint something outside. And so like <laughs> in the next few weeks, I like painted a porta potty um mm-hmm. um a basketball like backboard and rim and like the pole at a park right you know and i wasn't posting it yet uh-huh and so i was like this is what i'm gonna do now it's like this end of december 2007 uh 16 17 are you still broke yes very much so <laughs> you still didn't get a job no no okay. i was banking on this bro wow yeah and then i was gonna go get a job uh-huh. right and so I don't know if it's the same thing with you, but every fucking January 1st, I'm like, 
here we go new like what yeah. are we doing this year yeah, you know yeah. and so it's it's like the end of january and i'm telling ellie my wife and i'm like i have content now that i haven't posted mm -hmm. and it's all ready to go it looks yep. like sharp and fucking i was like i'm gonna start january 1st okay and i'm gonna have 15 posts uh -huh. every other day i'm gonna post it and then i'm gonna own this bitch uh -huh. like and she was like forward let's do it and yeah. so repost of the fucking nike shoe mm -hmm. kind of hits you know Better a little bit for sure let's say i got a thousand likes okay right which at the time i was like oh shit i yeah. had six thousand followers right yeah that's huge huge and so two days later mm -hmm. porta potty mm -hmm. people were like what the fuck is this like what am i looking at and then like a couple more people and um obviously the homies start hitting me like yo this is cool like it's yeah. interesting um but what the day everything took off was Will Nichols. You do, do you, you remember Will Nichols? Yeah. We did the podcast with you. Um, he was at the time running content for High Snobiety. Okay. And so he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna post this thing." Mm -hmm. The whole series or no? He was, oh, he was one. like, he was like, "Let's do one for us, like okay. specifically." And I was like, "Cool." And so we went and got a pair of Vans. Uh huh. Did the whole thing because at that point I think I had already posted the Jordan ones. And shit was just fuck, you know. Nice kicks was posting da da da, yeah. and then um, and then yeah, HS posted, and then everybody posted, mm -hmm. and like I was on Reddit and like weird shit, and like you know, like my cousins <laughs> were hitting me like, yo, I saw this thing on fucking who knows where, yeah. Yahoo, whatever, right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like peoplemag.com. I was like. getting um, that we counted it one day. There was one day, I like got five thousand followers in twenty four hours. And then the next day was 2,000. Mm -hmm. And then the next day was 3,000. And right. it was just, I couldn't even Stacking. look at my phone. Yeah. And then, I, but the best part is I still had all this content to post. More. From last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, here we go. Bah, bah, bah. Right. I was just, you know, had mad ammo. That's dope that you stockpiled your yeah. stuff. You didn't blow your load. Yeah, exactly. It was it was tough to do. I'm yeah. sure you know you know when you get your first sample and you're like, this is it. You right. Know? You want to show it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was happening, and then uh, the cone was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'd like so I paint cones and I drop them in cities so kids can like get out and find them. Was was the cone one of the earlier ones that you had stockpiled? Like, yeah. Is that that yeah. was one of the early street ones. Yeah, and I, I was like, I was very strategic. I was like, this is going to be like my logo, I guess. You know, like this is going to be my thing. And Word. I'm going to do I, I had this whole thing like, but again, not having any like high expectation because mm -hmm. I don't think you're supposed to. Yeah. I was like, if this cracks off, cool. But right, it was almost you like still, building a brand. You but know? you still hadn't found a way to like monetize no yet. No way. So you no. get all this buzz. Is your immediate instinct to be like, let's make t-shirts. <laughs> no, I was trying to stay away from that. Okay, good. Still try to stay away from that right, right. now. Um, it was it had I like I had to change my mindset uh -huh. of, from what I had learned and loved and known for a decade. Yeah, streetwear. Yep, and how to build a brand. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's why this whole thing. I was like, I can't do anything the same. Yeah, like new Josh, right. new life. You know. If you want to break into something completely new, and I'm saying start from scratch new, some of the best approaches start with a completely blank slate. No preconceived notions on how things should be done and no more relying on what worked or didn't work in the past. It's why people find some of their best ideas when they're not sitting at their desk, but conversely doing something completely unrelated. It's also why sometimes a completely fresh set of eyes is needed to look at work without the bias of what's already been discussed. Josh knew that if everything that he worked on prior to that moment didn't go the way he wanted, 
then a complete 180 degree shift might be just what the doctor ordered. And sometimes finding that new path might necessitate going all the way back to the very beginning, to what started it all. What started your passion in the first place? That might just be what you need to jumpstart your energy all over again. So tapping into his old graffiti roots, Josh picked up a spray can and got to work. This reminds me of past Business of Hype guest Jessica Washick, a great designer who tapped back into her passion for nail art to then move forward into footwear design at Nike. If everything you see isn't quite what you wanted, it might be time to look back and ask yourself what you truly love. Did you consider yourself an artist now? I mean, I've always considered myself but, an you know, artist. Like a, but this type of artist. I mean... Versus a creative. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird now just because, like, I've been, again, you've been drawing your whole life. I've been drawing my whole life, you know. I called myself an artist when I was, like, 12, you know, because yeah. I, like, loved what I was doing. I, like, sold some drawings in elementary school. Yeah, I don't call myself an artist. I mean, I don't, I don't walk around and I'm like, yo, what's good? I'm an artist, you but know. But you are now. I mean, to the world, if yeah. they want to call me that, yeah, that's that's kind of what... More so than, like, when you own Classic. Yeah, yeah I was a brand owner, yeah, you know? Right. Yeah, Again, I've always considered myself one, but now the world is calling me. Yeah, one, yeah, you know? right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, things were things were doing well, and I was just like, how am I going to... How am I going to grow this? I can't just keep painting shoes and, like, little things, and that's when I was like, we're doing a whole space. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did that in February of 2018. So where was that? L.A., how, I mean, how did you get the space? Um, you heard of the store, the storefront.com? Yeah. Yeah, where it's you like get, Airbnb. Yeah, where you get pop-up stores. Space. Okay. Yeah. And so I went on there and... Uh, <laughs> You're about to vandalize the space. Yeah. And I looked at it, we found it. And again, bro, zero dollars. I looked at my wife and I was like, this is going to cost like eight grand. Mm -hmm. Basically, we're going to have nothing. And she was like, go for it. Like, fuck it. It was sick. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so whatever savings you had, you put into this eight grand pop up. Dude, I probably had like ten grand in my savings. To be totally honest. Damn. Yeah, it was rough. I was for sure check to check, like you know. Um, what were you gonna sell out of this pop up space? Honestly, my mind was more so just get people here, like get people to take a photo of this thing and show the world what the fuck this thing is, because I knew that it was gonna look amazing when the whole space was done. I could like purposely found an all white cube, mm -hmm. very good lighting, mm -hmm. you know. The perspective good to go. was right. Yeah. I wasn't even like, we sold some shit obviously, but it wasn't enough to, to make, make our money them. back even. You know, we, we had like 10 decks on the wall and at the time they're like a hundred bucks each. Yeah. And you're like Ben, Bobby, Kellen came by and they're like, yeah, I'll take a deck. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a hundred bucks. And so we sold everything, but you know, we probably made like four grand or something. <laughs> I definitely didn't calculate that correctly. But you know, 1500 people show up in two days. And I jump up like 15,000 followers. And now there's new conversations, new eyes, all this stuff. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And then uh, Frank <laughs> Cook hit me. And he was the first person to like invest. Invest in what? Just like, like he was like, I love what you're doing. Uh -huh. One, I need a pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. And two, I'm going to get you this fucking Jordan gig for All-Star. Mm -hmm. He's like, you cool with that? I'm like, Pfft. Was he at Jordan at the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, of course, bro. Yeah. You know, and you know, he was like, what are we going to do? And he's like, we have All-Star in two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I just, I need you to do something there. You're popping. We got to do this. Da -da, I love you. Da -da. And uh, 
yeah, that was the first like commercial gig I ever got. That was the first time anyone ever paid me to like be somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Was, so was it considered a consulting gig for you? Uh, no, that was just like full me, you know, and I didn't even have an LLC or anything for this, everything that's happening. So I yeah. was just like, pay it out to Josh Vita. Like, Were you drawing on Jordan's like by hand? It was, it was multiple things. So he, he makes it happen. And then boom, he puts me in touch with game seven, which is like, yep. you know, running the production and the whole budget for everything. And they're like, we want you to uh, paint on shoes for a day, four hours, five hours, whatever okay. at the location. And we want 16 regulation size metal backboards. Okay. Huge. Uh-huh. And this is two weeks away. And right. I'm, they're like, you can do that, right? I'm like, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, call my contractor. And I'm like, yo, can you pull this off? He's like, fuck no. Like, what? Metal? He's like, these are going to be so heavy. Like, whatever. I was like, we have to, we have to do it. Um, so <laughs> so you, did you pull it off? For sure. The backboards, yes, everything. Everything. So, and which All-Star is this? Um, What's 2018. Mm-hmm. In LA. Okay. Okay. Yeah. At least it's local. Yes. Okay, yes, cool. yes. Hey, this is Jeff Staple, and I'm kind of an old school type of guy. I aspire to minimize aspects of my life, and I'm actually the type of person that wants less options. I just want to use the best things, not the most things. And this even boils down to something as minor as the apps on my phone. I no longer need three different apps for music, and another one for news, and yet another one for listening to podcasts. Why? Because now I get everything on Spotify. I can listen to all my favorite songs, artists, and now podcasts in one place. And you could do it for free, even without a premium account. I actually do have a premium account because it costs like less than two cappuccinos, so why not? But strangely enough, my partner prefers having a free account because she actually likes listening to ads. Go figure. Anyway, Spotify has a massive catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. But wait, there's more, my friend. You can follow your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to offline, wherever you are, with or without service. And you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends and enemies on an app called Instagram that I've heard is gaining quite a bit of popularity. So if you haven't done so already, download the Spotify app and immediately after that, search for The Business of Hype and follow it and me. You can also browse for other podcasts in the Your Library tab, but really all you need is this one. All right, go forth and minimize. Delete all your other apps and download Spotify today. And so... And so... How do you know how much to ask Jordan to pay you to do this? So, okay, there's two parts to this conversation. One was they wanted me at a place for X amount of hours. Okay, you so personally they're like, signing. They yeah. hit me. I've never heard this ever in my life. They're like, what's your daily rate? Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck are you talking right. about? Um, and how much are the backboards? Uh-huh. Which is the cost. Yes. Yep. And so I hit my contractor and I'm like, how much are these things? Like, r- be real. And he was like, fucking $1,000 each. And uh-huh. I'm like, fuck, like, that's a shitload of money. And they want uh-huh. 16 of them. Okay. And so I didn't know what, dude, I was so like nervous. Like, I didn't want to lose a job. Yeah. I would have done it for free. I swear to God, I'll still do it for free today. You know what I'm saying? Like, not really, but. So you figured, okay, 16 grand ish for the backboards. That's just for them to pay for. You know, I right. have to you pay make, for that. You know, and you make nothing like Exactly. That. Yeah. And so, and that's, fuck, at the time, bro, I'm like, <laughs> I don't I ever really have it. You I have like $3,000 or something, you know? And I'm like, uh, okay. So I fortunately call Will 
Uh, and I'm like, cause he's a photographer. He gets asked all the time what his daily rate is, right? And so I call him and I'm like, yo, uh, weird question. And I hate to fucking do this, but like, what's your daily rate, you mm -hmm. know? And um, he's like, I'm not gonna put him on the spot, but he's like, it's- But he knew the number. Yeah, yeah, he's he, like, he he's like this many thousand dollars, right? And uh -huh. I'm like, oh my God, you can pay that much, you know, to like freak it out. He's like, yeah, he's like, but you should ask for more. He's like, you're popping, uh -huh. you're an artist, like da-da-da-da. And I'm like, what? He's like, ask for more. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And he's like, and I and then I, you know, he just breaks down events in general. Again, I had never done anything like mm -hmm. this, like large, you know. Right. Um, and he's like, look, dude, there's a stupid budget behind this thing. Throw out whatever you want for those backboards. Like, they probably need it more than you know. Mm. Right? Right. Like they'll have nothing to show if yeah. you don't. And I was like, okay. <laughs> And so, uh, dude, I remember talking to the guy, Games of Seven, uh, his name is Russell. And he's like, yo, we got to know if we got to get a contract together. I was like, okay. Wait, did they know that you were stalling to get no, answers? No, no, no. This is, this is all in like six hours, like very quickly. Oh, like, okay. We you didn't know if you're doing it answers. or you're out. Damn. You know? Okay. Um, yeah, dude. They're like, we got to know by the end of the day if you're in or not and what the price for everything is. Okay. Which now I know is like, shit changes like this, no problem. They mm -hmm. could go get some other guy. Easy, you right. know? Um, and so, dude, I go daily rates eight grand is this i want to know if this is over the phone or in an email email okay so you're like typing this yeah thing. all slow <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i'm typing it eight thousand dollars right daily rate daily rate whatever for you for your appearance yeah yeah yeah. and then, and then the backboards the backboards i think i told them they're like four grand a pop or something <laughs> you know i can't remember okay it was stupid you know like and i was just whatever. dude i was just shooting i was shooting half court shot you know just hail mary and um he gets back he's like no on the daily rate that's not happening like we're gonna give you like three or something i can't remember what i got and i was like that's great i don't care and then he was like cool on the backboards bro and, and i was you make money on the backboards oh yeah Fuck yeah. yeah and so i'm freaking out i call my wife i'm like you're not gonna believe what just happened you know and she's like what the fuck like i was like we're good i was like this is it and uh yeah two weeks later i'm at the jordan thing and like we had a, I had an interview with uh, Tinker Hatfield, which was fucking huge, dude. And like, I don't know, a bunch of ball players like Russell Westbrook came and shook my hand. He's like, yo, these are dope, you know? It was wild. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. If I was your father, like, and you rented that storefront space, I would kick your ass. Yeah, it was really stupid. How are you going to drop eight grand out of an available with 10? With two kids. With two kids. With, <laughs> even if you sold everything in the space, you're yeah. not making back the eight grand. Yeah, it was pretty stupid. But you believed in this cultural currency, I'll yeah, call it. I was, you knew that if you got enough mass appeal, you would be too, able to turn too, it. There's too much energy, bro, happening. Like, I was like, this, this has to work. <laughs> like, literally getting thousands of followers I don't know if I would tell you to do Even if I knew the outcome, I wouldn't advise you to do that again. I, it was just one of those. I was like, I got to put it out there. I got to let the world see this thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, dude, I, I don't... 2017 is a blur for me because right. after that it was fucking crazy like i just I, I did that show and i was like happy mm -hmm. and then i did the, the jordan thing yeah and then i was like i need to do another show where did you meet frank cook was he at your pop-up no wish he was a buyer at no, wish no, no. atl the, when he when oh. he told you about the opportunity this was just over the phone um so he had just seen it on the internet and stuff and he hit you yeah 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 and he was like yo i'm gonna be in town next week mm -hmm. I'm a 10 and a half. And so I painted a pair for him. And then he wore them to a Jordan event. And everyone at Jordan was like, uh, oh, you know the guy. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, she was popping at the time. Right. And so he was like, yeah, yeah, we got to work with this guy. I don't know how he did it, but mm -hmm. he pulled it off. And mm -hmm. thank you, Frank Cook. You're the fucking man. Shit. What a roller coaster. Dude. Crazy.
man, that is the definition of striking when the iron is hot. Knowing when to kick things off right when the momentum is bubbling takes, I'll say it, stupid amounts of guts. There's always apprehension and second guessing, but if there is no plan B, what else can you do but go all in? It's wild to think. And like I said when talking to Josh, I would probably never advise it, but you have to respect his hustle. It's those who take the risks that leave with the big wins. What's important is not just the art that he creates, but the practice of the actual business that he's dealing with. The NBA All-Star Jordan event wasn't some overnight pop-up shop. This was the major leagues. And when these opportunities come up, a level of professionalism and accountability has to be there in order to land these projects. Even for an artist, making the art is just half the battle. You still have to close that deal. I'm sure Josh isn't the only one who didn't know what their daily rate was, or even what a daily rate is. Do what he did. Talk to your friends, peers, and mentors to really gauge what a standard rate would be, as well as everything that goes into it. A lot of factors will be involved, depending on the type of project, your experience, where the project is being done, what elements are going into the project, what the overall process will be. For example, how many consultation sessions are there? How many revisions are allowed by the client? Am I designing something or am I a brand ambassador or am I both? All of these elements matter. And about how to price your work? Well, the cost of your time plus materials is standard, but again, it's on you to dictate that. Many factors are involved, but it's important to consider as much of them as possible, especially early on as you build more work. One of the worst things to hear is stories of creatives being taken advantage of through their inability to dictate their rates and know their value. Knowing your worth isn't just a cool catchphrase, it is the smart way to do business. But I gotta say, I don't wanna be a Debbie Downer, but even after the Jordan check, yeah. you're still not like, popping bottles and sending your kids to private school. No, fuck no. I'm, st I'm still <laughs> not doing that today. You know? <laughs> no, you're just like, we could eat till June. <laughs> yeah, straight up. I mean, dude, I had nothing planned for the rest of the year. No projects, no collabs, yeah. no nothing. Uh -huh. I was just like, I need to keep pushing this. You know. But I feel like after that, that's like the momentum never stopped after that. Yeah. It hasn't, right? There's been no lulls since. I mean, we have, you know, some slow weeks or months or whatever, but then my business side comes in and I'm like, we got to make product or yeah. something, you know? Yeah. Now you could self-perpetuate your own yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Right. What was the next, I mean, you've done a lot of big projects. Yeah. Can you chronologically like name off the ones after Jordan? So Jordan happens, then Hotel Roosevelt hits me and I paint a whole hallway in there for mad cheap. Um, just again, like I, cheap I didn't know. Like, oh, okay. You know, like I didn't know what was going to happen. I just, I was like, I got to keep going. Mm-hmm. It was like a drug, you yeah, know? yeah. And then uh, T-Mobile hit us, and we like went up to Seattle, and then like, what'd you and do then, for like, T-Mobile? They just wanted um, we bought an old like telephone post off of eBay. Uh -huh. uh, Dennis Tedisco was working for Niche at the time, uh -huh. and he put the whole thing together. And so we went up to Seattle and like painted this thing, and there was like forty influencers there, and they like gave him phones, and it was just like a photogenic moment type yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, but for T-Mobile, this is like now telecommunications budgets. Yeah. 
did you think now I'm going to know how to charge? Or? No, Dennis, Dennis put that deal together. But Dennis hit me and he he's like, this is how the much number. money they have. And, and you like, were very happy with the number. A dollar is a dollar to me. You know what I'm saying? Can, Can you, you say what the T-Mobile budget was for you? Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell, me, tell me in terms of automobiles. Um, is it like a three series? No way. No, 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 no. This is maybe like a used three series with like a dent, you know? It was, it gotcha. definitely was. No, a Camry? No, I wish. Uh, less for sure. Oh, okay, okay. Beat up Camry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It was, a, it was a very old used car. <laughs> Yaris. Um, Got you. And we did that. And then, uh, yeah, we just, and then at the same time, I was still doing the cone thing. I'm dropping off cones. Right. I'm, uh, buying shit on eBay, like I think I bought, I like bought a Mickey Mouse coin jar, painted it white, put it black, put it up. You know, like uh-huh. I was just doing little things here and there yeah. to keep. It but everything going. moves. Yeah, everything you put up moves, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd put, I'd like put up the Mickey Mouse. Some guy DM me like five hundred bucks, and I was like, deal. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't give a shit. I was like, I like this is great. Like I couldn't sell a T-shirt for five hundred bucks two years ago. I know. You know, it's amazing. Pause here for now and talk about. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but like misdirected energies like classic yeah all your ideas you know like the agency they all came out of your brain yeah but it's almost like you were like misfiring yeah and then you finally hit it yeah and like you said like you couldn't move t-shirts now you can move 500 dollars shit that you paid on from ebay yeah that's crazy. like did you ever go into retrospective about like how the fuck did i nail this i mean honestly dude I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it was just that time for the world, like for that like moment to happen, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, with so many communities like involved is the other thing. It's right. like, you know, it's like this art, art yeah. sneaker, like whatever. Totally. Um, but no, I mean, it, you know, again, firm believer, everything happens for a reason. And like everything I did was just like school, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. working for the hundreds, working for Russ was crazy, but That's I learned sir. so much, yeah. you know, and even like, when I think about Sir, there was this moment where, do you remember the dead body exhibit at Magic? Yes. I did that. Oh. So, like, obviously it was Russ's idea. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I was the one that, like, went and got the fucking dead body and, like, I, like, smeared the blood and, uh-huh. like, put coke everywhere or fake coke everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I you know, that. I set it up. I designed it for him to approve. And then I went to Vegas and did it. And I remember doing that. And I was like, fuck, I'm really good at this. Uh-huh. And I'd never done it before. Right. You know, and I was like. And then that's when I had a conversation with Russ, like, let me just be this guy. Because I was doing sales at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he was like, yes, let's do this. And okay. so I became his, like, you know, experiential, like, crazy Producer. art shit. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, yeah, you were, you were learning, you were honing your craft and, like, adjusting yeah. your aim, really. Yeah. And throughout all these, like, yeah, you know. Everything I've done, put like, got me here. Yeah. And it's a reason why things are, are happening the way that they are right now. Mm-hmm. It's because I can understand different situations of one project, yeah. right? From knowing how to charge to creating product and what that timeline's like and just, you know, everything else that's happening. It's like, it's from having the brand. It's from having the agency. It's from, dude, I was a fucking volunteer firefighter and for Riverside when I was 19, and oh, like wow. having that drive and yeah, being yeah. able to run 10 miles and pushing your body and like just crazy shit. Right. You know? All of it is like yeah. check boxes in your yeah. life. So, um, so where are you at right now? Um, Has, is there a project right now where you're like, I'm pinching myself because I can't believe I'm working on X? I mean, yeah, yes, 100%. But also, even last year, dude, we did the MLB All Star game. Like, mm-hmm. 
I'm a huge baseball fan. I have a Yankee tattoo on my hand, you know, and like I'm watching Aaron Judge in my installation, and he's like, this is sick. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> freaking out, you know? There's been, dude, like, it's, it's like unfair. I've had so, last year was crazy, you yeah. know? Finishing the year off with Herschel. Like, right. fucking, I love Herschel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, we were working together and they were paying me. Like, it was, it doesn't make any, I was, you know, I pinch yeah. myself every day, dude. So MLB hits me up, DM, like MLB little guy. Blue like, check. Yeah. MLB blue yeah, check yeah. hits you up. Hey, okay. what's up? You know, we love your work. Uh, I'm like, what <laughs> you must the have fuck? been like, this is someone's trolling my ass right now. They're like, hey, we want to work with you. Da da da. How do we get in touch? I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, you know, info at joshuavitas.com. Mm-hmm. Email, hey, uh, All Star Games about a month away. You know, I just wanted to see some interest if you have anything in mind. And da da da. I was like, let's do a locker room. Like, I already, I was ready, you yeah. know? They're like, cool, cool. And like, what's that look like, you know, cost wise? And break it down to them. They're like, okay, like, we'll get back to you. Couple weeks pass by, nothing. Right. Then they hit me up again, and they're like, "Hey, like, um, okay, it's happening." And now mm-hmm. it's like two weeks away, and uh, they're like, "So." And they want you to do your whole thing in the locker room. Yeah, turn yeah. the locker room into yeah. your canvas. Yeah. But up until then, you know, something like painting the telephone pole for T-Mobile or you know, a, a shipping container for Red Bull in Miami, like they're like, "We're not building anything for you." Mm-hmm. So like, you got to do it all. Yeah. And we had never done that yet. Uh-huh. And so I was like, okay. And I was like, what's the space look like? Yeah. And she's like, it's a locker room, like a locker room behind home base. And she's like, there can't be a drop of paint in there. There can't be nothing. <laughs> no scratches. Whoa. Like this shit's got to look exactly the same. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to? Yeah. We're going to vinyl wrap everything. like, Or build like plywood and so like recreate it. We built three walls in the floor. On top of the existing in, wall. In the, in right. the locker room. So you made like a shell. Yeah. But the best part is she goes, so I'm like, okay, so what's this look like? Can we build everything in there? And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck no. She's like, you have like six hours to set the whole thing up. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you want from me? Here? Yeah, dude. And so I'm like, what? But it was, it was a huge bag and it was a huge opportunity, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, I got to figure this thing out. And so I'm like calling my dad. Me and my dad used to build shit as a kid all the time. Like, how the fuck I pull this off? And he's like, well, you need a warehouse or something because it was uh, 30 by 30 feet. It was fucking huge. One, one locker room, right? Yeah. Okay. 20 lockers, 20 chairs, yeah. bats, balls, whatever. He's like, you got to build a floor because you can't touch her floor. Mm-hmm. He's like, you got to make sure this thing's sturdy as fuck because you don't want to kill an MLB guy, nope. you know? And I'm like, okay. And so now I'm like on the internet looking for warehouses to rent for fucking three days ahead nearby. of time. Yeah, nearby. Right. Didn't find shit. <laughs> and so me, Ron, Bobby, three fucking guys. And Ron was the only one working for me at the time. Bobby's just like my homie who lives by me, you know. Um, we fly to Washington in a shitty hotel. And somebody, thank God, I think it was Ian. Ian was like, this guy DMs me like, I got a space, free, don't worry about it. And okay, like, fuck, yeah. just put the stuff For in. For the sake of art, like right. you can build it here. Because I kind of briefly said what I wanted yeah, to yeah. do. And so we rent a U-Haul. Uh-huh. We go to Home Depot, spend, I don't know, $5,000, you know, just wood, wood and fucking saws <laughs> and everything, you know. And we're in this fucking warehouse, July, summer, Washington, D.C., dying, like mosquito bites. is the worst <laughs> shit ever. So we build this whole thing out. And did you mock it up in this warehouse? Yeah, so yeah, so we had to put up... The, okay, so this is the fun part. I'm like, time to put up the walls. Uh-huh. Never done this. Yeah. 
calling my dad, FaceTiming, like, dude, like, and dude, the wall, like, Ron's holding the wall, one falls, <laughs> breaks, we, it was already all painted, you know, I'm freaking out, like, fuck, you knocked over a locker, and, like, the locker was done, and that's day before. Yeah. We hadn't even set it up. And so, finally, we get the walls to stand, very ugly looking, and I'm like, okay, now we have to break everything down, mm-hmm. wrap everything up, put it back in the U-Haul, and then we had to wake up at four in the morning to fucking unload. And so, and hope it fits into the and locker hope room. This thing doesn't break, yeah. man. Like, and so the best part is, you know, up until now we haven't even met face to face with MLB. Okay, they're like, hey, we're gonna be there at four a.m. You know, we need parking passes. Da, 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 da. So we're loading it, you know, like <laughs> oh, and they're like, there's only three of you. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah, this is just like a tight team, you know, and like, dude, we're like unwrapping everything and they're like everything's in here like i was like yeah and so they're like dude i remember looking at their faces they're like there's no what like did i just fuck up right by hiring this guy yeah dude like they were like we just got conned yeah kind of (laughs) straight up fire fest bro (laughs) and so (laughs) oh this was a great day so we go in and i finally look at the space and all the measurements are off yeah, so I'm like, oh, my God, we have to, like, cut this. So, dude, like, Bobby runs back to the warehouse. He's cutting wood five in the morning to mm-hmm. fit this thing now that wasn't going to fucking fit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're putting up walls, dude. And, like, you you can tell when there's, like, a not sturdy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and they walked in and they're like, is this safe? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be great. It just looks crazy right now. Like, you know, and obviously at the end of it, it was, like, it was perfect. But, um, damn, dude, it's like. 12 o'clock and like at one o'clock the players are gonna walk in and so we're still like fixing shit touching up because shit got damaged on uh-huh. the drive there i'm like painting shit i like look at them i'm like no one can sit on these chairs because they're still wet and they're like where the fuck is everyone gonna sit on you know like it was fucking and so like we get a fan and like i'm like okay there's two chairs that people can sit on these are the two <laughs> chairs sitting in the fans right. everything else is still wet <laughs> and uh She's like, okay, cool. It's like 12.30 now. She's like, guys, they're going to be here in 30 minutes. And we're like, like sweeping and shit. Like I'm like drawing an MLB player on the wall, whatever. And it was really like 12.50. Like I stand back. I'm like, I need to take a picture. Like take a picture. I'm like, wait, get me in there. I'm like, I'm like sitting there like sweating. Is it working? Yeah. And then we sit there and then she's like, cool. Uh, Aaron Judge is outside. And I was like, bring him in. (laughs) Dude, we're just like standing there watching him. Like, and he's like, yo, what up? You know? And you finished it 10 minutes prior? Yeah, I was like, yo, don't touch those chairs. He's like, yeah, no sweat. You know, like, and uh, I remember we go back to the room and we're like, we did it. Uh Oh, my God. And she calls us and she's like, oh, uh, it's going to be done in like four hours. So you guys got to come break everything down. Right. And we didn't have no idea. That you had to take it down. Yeah. And so we had to take everything down and leave the whole place spotless. So Uh, it was up for like four hours. Did you get paid prior (laughs) or after? Uh, I got, I got, I got a full wire, like 30 minutes after we finished. That was part of the contract. Amazing. Dude. Was that seven series money? That was like a few seven series. Nice. Yeah, that shit was, shout, out, like to shout out to the MLB. <laughs> <laughs> a fleet of seven series. Insane. <laughs> Yo, that is an amazing story. Yeah. They must've been like, were, were they happy afterwards oh my god they're so happy and it was like if you go back dude like we took over the instagram and like all the ball players in there there was like on On the screen yeah during the game like like aaron judge like fake swinging a bat you know it's like it was a pretty big deal and they were hyped yeah they're super hyped but they were like this is three of you (laughs) dude you should have oh that was the best hopping out and we're you know like just sweating yeah and they're like 
And you should have seen it do the U-Haul. It's just like, and it was just like, shit, mm-hmm. bubble wrapped. Right. And they're like, and I'm like, oh, that one's not dry. That's <laughs> <laughs> wild, dude. Well, okay, now talk about the Chucks. Oh, so. Converse. Dude, I wish I could talk about, like, I'm just going to briefly say it, but like, the, it was, it was talking to me and I thought that was it. Yeah. And uh, we were talking for like months. Uh-huh. And then it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Another very depressing time in, in life. Because mm-hmm. I kind of made the call. And I was like, I walked away from that. It was crazy. That was a whole other podcast as well. No, no, no. It's this podcast. All right. So <laughs> Wait, why did you... What was the thing where you had to walk? Um, I don't want to like... I, I, I got love for, for... You know, 100%. The deal just didn't make sense for me. You know, it was... Ba- Long story short is yeah. two years, you know... A bunch of things obviously that they wanted from me mm-hmm. you know and then um there just wasn't any product guaranteed and i was like there wasn't oh product to be released yeah 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 okay and then i see there wasn't a collaboration guarantee they were just like look it's gonna happen but we can't we like right, we right, don't right. know yeah and i was just like i don't feel comfortable with that uh-huh. you know um and then at the end they like threw a shoe at me they're like oh do this and i was like no you know <laughs> was, was it like, not the shoe you wanted to do it was uh no, definitely not. It was um, God, I forget what it's called all the time. I don't know. It's not a shoe like that anyone's wearing, you know. <laughs> and uh, a retro shoe or a, a new, more brand mo- new. It's like a running shoe. I don't know what the fuck is it called. Well, it's kind of dope. Actually. I don't know. I just <laughs> I, can't, I can't lie. Pretty dope. I just well, well the, also they were just like we have to do this very quickly and yeah. so like i didn't i couldn't get crazy on the thing they're like just put your art on the top right layer and right. i was like that's not happening right i wanted to do a box and fucking removable velcro yeah, yeah. panel like they're like no way like you're changing the laces and like putting your art on the top and i was right. like that's cheating um i'm not trying to like nike id this shit right now like, that honestly that's what it was like and you know who knows what would have happened if i would have signed that deal with a shitload of money and i walked away from it and i remember like i was really down for a few days because mm. like i grew up with nothing and it was really hard to do that you mm-hmm. know um and i was out here i'm in new york and Nuo, who's now at nike he's like yo you're in town i'm like yeah he's like we're doing this thing tonight with chinatown come by mm-hmm. i was like cool Chinatown Market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Mike. Um, go over there. What up? Yo, let's go get drinks. Cool. Mm-hmm. And there had been no previous conversation to this. It was just like, yo, what's good? Da-da. Go to dinner. And he's like, so if we did a shoe, what would the shoe look like? And I was like, I don't know. Like, are a you Nike? telling? No, uh, Converse. A Converse, yeah. okay. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know. But I can, you know, if you're, if you're telling me I have a shoe, I'll figure it out. Uh-huh. You know, he's like, we're thinking about doing this thing, this pack next summer, you know, it'd be you and somebody else and, you know, large quantities and da 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 And like, are you even interested? And I'm like, dude, yeah. and I tell him the whole story. I'm like, this oh, wow. is perfect time. This is literally like four days after I say no to this crazy deal. Yeah. And um, I'm like, let's go. Mm-hmm. What, like, yes, 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 yes. And he's like, all right, I got to go talk to the guys and, the, you know, the team and da 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 And I'm like, fuck, like... And then, like, a few weeks later, he hits me. He's like, it's happening. Uh-huh. And uh, we had just announced that we were doing the Reality 2 Idea Tour, which we drove at U-Haul cross-country. Mm-hmm. And we were going to go to Boston and do it at Concepts. Okay. And I was like, I'll come to the headquarters that day. And he was like, cool. Yeah. And then, you know, a few days later, we were in Boston. And then you designed it right there on the spot? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they made it very clear. They're like, listen, this is like a, 
a very, very large like Foot Locker conversation. Right. You know, like big um, quantity, not yeah, tier yeah, zero. Yeah, we're shit. not going to make yeah. a thousand pairs. So right. they're like, uh, which is good. No, like from, I your, wasn't, from yeah. your compensation standpoint, doesn't that get you more money? No, there's no royalties involved. It was just uh, like a design fee. Okay. And okay. then they're like, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of exhibitions and stuff going on. So you'll, you know, you'll get paid that way or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, look, the problem is we're on a really tight tie line. Like, so you have to design it basically today and mm-hmm. we get one run at a sample. You have to design it right here in Boston before you leave this meeting. Basically. Like, <laughs> you know, they're like, there's no time. And I was like, cool. And so, you know, I had already, I knew the meeting was coming. So, so I drew you, the yeah. shoe out. It was done like okay, in my okay. head. And so I'm like, okay. So, and I'm like explaining to them what the Converse Chuck Taylor means to me, mm-hmm. you know, and thinking about growing up and how it was like a form of expression opposed to a sneaker, yeah. you know, and, Ed, you know, the, I don't know, the gangbangers had red and blue laces, the big right. fat ones, or they stuffed it, you mm-hmm. know, and then like the the punk guy had the pins and, you know, torn up shit. Everyone's Chuck Taylor looked different to yeah, me yeah. growing up. And so I was like, I want to find a way to, to help them express themselves mm-hmm. even more so. And so the Velcro idea came up and they were like, heesh, I don't know if that's going to pass like tests, mm-hmm. like wear tests. Yeah, because the whole upper is a Velcro. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was like, I want the top to be their thing. Yeah. Like I want, you know, the owner of these shoes that for the top portion of the entire shoe to be their shit. Right. And then like my soul it just gets carried on every mm-hmm. shoe, you know. Cool. Um they're like, this is how many pairs we're producing. And I'm like, fuck. And uh, they're like, it's going to be fine. Like, we're going to, you know, it's going to be great. And it was just a high number. Um, and I was like, cool. Well, it is what it is. We have to do this deal. And it just felt right. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. opposed to the thing. I was like, this is it. Right. I'm going to get a Converse Chuck Taylor, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love the product. And you're getting a shoot, your name on a shoot. Yeah. For like a fraction of what the <laughs> deal was, you know? Yeah. But it just felt so good, you uh-huh. know? And I was like, this is right. You right. know, and so yeah, signed that contract and just waited for the sample to come. That's crazy that you went with your gut feeling over 100%. the bank check, the bank, the, the, the zeros, the big bag. <laughs> so long. <laughs> <laughs> but you never, these things always come no, around. I'm not, dude, I'm not tripping. It's like, again, I, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I spoke with after and I was like, yo, like, you know, for maybe we can figure out something out later. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. This just didn't it wasn't the right place, right time. And he's like, no, nah, I get it. You know, totally understand. So mm-hmm. it was Word. cool. Nice. So it came out and how was the how was the reaction? Fantastic. To it? Yeah. We uh we launched at Complex Con, fucking probably craziest line there. I don't know. Did you go to Chicago? No. Okay. Um wild. Mm-hmm. Um sold out. And then I got a few pairs to sell on my online store and fucking, I've never seen anything like that before. Sold out in seconds. It was scary. And then uh, globally, they, they launched, uh, you know, Foot Locker, you know, Concepts, Bodega, et cetera, et cetera. So they did do the tier zero stores. Yeah. Um, but it was mainly for Foot Locker. Like they're the ones that were like also combined into the complex con situation. Okay. You know. Right. Like that um, was their allocation yes okay exactly uh but now it, it was much much greater than i thought i was gonna be for sure i was yeah. nervous as fuck damn that's amazing man when calculating your worth and knowing the value of your talent maybe just maybe it's not all about the dollars I'm sure Josh knows exactly what his day rate is now compared to the Jordan project that he did just a few years ago. But that dollar amount should be your compensation, not your driving factor. 
Your worth is your reputation as well. So when an opportunity comes in front of you and everything seems right at first, like it's the right brand you like and it's a check that you really like, a lot of people will probably just take it. But when it comes down to your work, that is one thing that should never be compromised is the essence of it. For whatever reason, the first deal Josh had in his hand just didn't feel right. And he trusted his gut. If it's not meant to be, then it's not meant to be. And there's no point in forcing it. Who knows, maybe an even better opportunity will come around for that same brand one day. So when collaborating with brands, I cannot stress enough the need for there to be a real purpose. There are just too many damn collaborations today. And I know I'm guilty of adding a few to the pile here and there. But knowing that, you have to be able to contribute something new and meaningful to the category. This is your opportunity to say something on a big stage, riding on the reputation of a big brand. And with great power comes great responsibility. So use it wisely. So now that you've um, sort of gotten a chance to sample all of these different careers in your life, yeah. if there's a young kid coming up and he's like, what should I do? Should I be an artist? Should I have my own brand? Should I work for a brand? Yeah. Which, which one should I do? What would you suggest? I mean, do them all, you know, if you can. <laughs> um, it's really difficult to do, but um, I just, I didn't go to college, you mm -hmm. know, and um, I moved to LA to, you know, take that risk of working for the hundreds and not really making that much money, but I just knew where the energy was and where it wasn't, you mm -hmm. know, and so I treated everywhere that I worked at just like school, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can I get better here yeah and asking questions and doing shit that i probably wasn't even supposed to be doing you know like the the rust installation i was doing sales mm -hmm. right you know and i was like i'll do it mm -hmm. you know and <laughs> yeah. he was like okay you know and then that that happened you right, know right and then that got me the job back at the hundreds doing west coast sales and that was like a that was the first time i got like a salary with like health benefits and like i was like oh shit and i was working there like three years before making seven dollars an hour yeah you know but no it, it's I, I've enjoyed, well, there's been pros and cons to everything. Right. I mean, I love what I'm doing right now. I get to do whatever the fuck I want every day, you know, and we got a tight team. And Are there any cons to life right now? Yeah. No, dude, it's stressful. It's very stressful. It doesn't look stressful. I just there's have to keep going. But how is the stress of that compared to the stress of seeing a warehouse full of t-shirts that aren't selling? Oh, yeah. I mean, that sucked for sure. <laughs> I th it's just, it's, it's different. It's just different energy, you know? And mm -hmm. it's like right now, it's like for like, we just did a Fendi collaboration, which is insane. And then we did the Converse shoe, right? Yeah. So like I'm setting expectations and like people are looking Word. at the quality of work and then just like, where, where is he Fendi going now? It's crazy. I have to admit, when I saw the Fendi one, I was like, is this him just trolling nope. Fendi? Nope. Legit. <laughs> Craziest shit of my life, dude. I'm still tripping about it. We're yeah. Talking, we're going to do round two next year. That's insane. Insane. Wow. Yeah. How's the money from Fendi? Uh, it was cool. Um, I mean, it's great, dude. Right. I still trip about a hundred bucks, you know? Yeah. Um, you still trip when people like pay for your art. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything, dude, every day is fucking an adventure, man. We don't know what's going to happen, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, fortunately, the economy's in a place right now where there's these large marketing budgets and, you know, collaborative things going That's on. That's a crazy thing now. Like, there's no industry of consumer goods that is not aware of street culture, sneaker culture, yeah. limited edition culture. Like, 
I get hit up from like toilet paper companies, like but, yogurt brand, like whatever. <laughs> it's like it boggles my mind. Yeah, we're definitely getting some crazy, you know, DMs and emails, and it's like this, I, I don't do like, them because yeah. they don't make sense, you know. Right. But again, like, how long is the economy going to be in this place, you know? So then it's like, on, in my head, I'm like, okay, what am I doing besides this? Because mm-hmm. I got to be good after. Like, if shit, if yeah. shit hits the fan tomorrow, I got to be okay, you know. So I want to ask you about that as an artist, right? Who is so known for one look? Yeah. Do you feel a need to like advance and innovate right now? Or do you feel like, let me just sit in the pocket and really like hammer this home? No, I'm always trying to advance, man. Like, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in five years. Mm-hmm. Like we're about to open a coffee shop in a few months. <laughs> and like For real? Yeah, in LA. We just signed the lease. Uh, just a coffee shop that yeah. doesn't sell art or anything. Uh, they'll probably have some canvases up or something, but okay. just fire just ass literally coffee. a cafe. Yeah, I've always wanted to do that. And, and will you design all the cups and saucers everything. and all yeah, that shit? Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Dope. Yeah. What's it going to be called? Matte Black Coffee. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. And so, uh, you know, that might be something that I really get invested in and might take over my life. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. like, I love being a dad. I love spending time with my kids. Like, what's happening right now is great. I mm-hmm. love it. I like, and I'm having fun right now. And that's yeah. all I know. You yeah. know, like, that might change. I, dude, I loved Classic. Like, again, I have tattoos on my body of that brand. And yeah. for whatever reason, I got there and I was just like, I need to go do something else. So right. I think my mind's always advancing, thinking ahead, mm-hmm. always, you know, what's next. Um, and you seem to have an awareness that it could also all go away. Bro, always. You always have to, you know, you have to have your head on a swivel at all times. You know, what is uh, hope for the best, expect the worst mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. You know? So even sometimes like we'll get a deal in front of our face and I'm like, there's still a chance this might not happen. Mm-hmm. So like chill. Yeah. Just treat it right. like everything else. You Me know? Too. Until the ink is dry on that contract. And then cool, it's dope. Right. You know? But let's yeah. Get, but then it's like, let's get to work. For sure like, at the beginning of this whole thing, like we were getting deals and it'd be in my face. I'd be freaking out, telling my wife, telling my parents, <laughs> and then it doesn't work. And then like I'm fucking, you know. I can only imagine that conversation when you were like just <laughs> everyone was like, yo. Life. Bro, everyone, like every, all the homies, it was, it was gonna happen. Like I was ready, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, it was rough. rough. <laughs> wow, um, no, that's amazing, man. That's really, really dope. So, like, yeah, what's next now? You know, we had a gallery show last night. Great response. Mm-hmm. That was my first time showing, showing in the as, U.S. Like an, as art yes, on the wall, canvas. Yeah. You know. Um, which is very stressful, you know, and it's like you got to price this thing and you're not represented in. by a gallery. No, no, no. Um, I just, you know, the opportunity came up and I was like, I need to do this. I need mm-hmm. to try this mm-hmm. and see how I feel about it, you know, and uh, so far it's been great. You yeah. know, like the response was fantastic. Um, is there any desire for you to get represented like in a traditional art forum? I mean, I'm not, I'm not there. Like if the conversation came up today, I don't know, but you know, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, again, I have no idea what I'm doing. So, um, you know, right now it's, I, I enjoyed what just happened. Like yeah. I liked that. So now I'm like, okay, let's go find some other galleries to work with, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then that pushes me to create new work, which is fantastic, you yeah. know, um, and get weirder and try new shit, which is always fun. You know, um, we have some big projects coming out for the rest of the year. Some shit already lined up for next year. I think the coffee shop is probably going to be the next big wave of energy from from me at least. You yeah, know, I'm, I'm putting a lot of energy and time into that. And yeah, I don't know, just trying to get better. You mm-hmm. know, uh, whether it's painting or handling business, being a dad. Yeah, you know, like I'm just 
I just want to get better, you know? Right. Yeah. Always learning, always yeah. improving. That's awesome, man. Great way to end it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. Sick. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to all the amazing stories in the life and times of Joshua Videz. As always, you can find out more about the show and listen to past episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. We now have over 500 reviews and a stellar 5.0 rating on Apple Podcasts. So please keep shouting us out and telling us what you think of the show. I truly, truly appreciate it. In fact, I'm going to read one of these bad boys right now because I'm kind of feeling myself. All right. Eno Lana gave a five-star review and said, I listen to the business of hype while I do my homework for art school or while I'm driving. This is some of the most substantial content available right now. It feels like listening to books written by these creators. If Jeff Staple had a book, I would read it because he is so good at bringing out the gold in people. It also helps to know that the tension of business and design isn't only felt by some. I love this podcast. I feel inspired to do all the time. Thank you, Enolana, for that amazing review. So do me a solid and tell just one other friend about this episode. Maybe it's someone who's aspiring to find themselves through art or branding. I have a feeling they're going to thank you for the suggestion. We also occasionally answer listener questions on the show. So if you have a question, shoot it over to me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Staple. The Business of Hype is created in collaboration with Bright Young Things. You can check out their work at byt.nyc. Our director is Daniel Navetta. Our audio engineer is David Rogers Berry. Our audio interludes are composed by Gabe Darling. Our associate producers are Sydney Pacumpra and Christina Hong. This episode was recorded live on location at the Staple headquarters in downtown New York, the city that is so expensive you could never dream to afford a BMW 7 Series. I'm Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to The Business of Hype on Hype Beast Radio. Hi.